The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pith Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy Dex with the I Am Pits podcast, and I'm back with yet another episode. I'm feeling good this morning, feeling decent, sitting here in the I Am Pits studios, aka my basement, just enjoying the morning, having a little bit of black rifle coffee, just getting myself together, my thoughts together after a nice long weekend of work. I actually had a good weekend at work, man. But before I get into my great weekend, Got to get something off my chest. I got to rant a little bit. You know, I love my job. I really do. But there are just some aspects of my job that I really don't like. And it's it's little stuff that bothers me and drives me crazy. One of those little things is emails. My God, I hate emails. Well, no, I don't hate emails. I just hate going to work and being met with a giant tidal wave of emails that are irrelevant to me and irrelevant to a lot of the things I do in my job. I can't keep up with everything going on in the city. When I have enough going on in my own division, in my own beat, I can't keep up. I try, but I just can't. I mean, just coming to work and open up your email and seeing everything that you missed when you were off over the last two days, I cannot maintain all that information. My little brain is only so big and only able to hold so much info. And so, yes, I, I follow policy and I check my email every shift. I do. But if you're asking me what I retain from those emails, chances are nothing. I mean, I will scroll through my email to see if anything is pertinent to me. But sometimes when I'm asked, hey, did y'all see that email? You can expect me to say, no, I did not. Why did I not see it? Because it was buried in the other hundred that came out over the last two hours. You know, even worse than that is when you get emails from detectives, not against y'all. It's not y'all fault, detectives. Y'all just doing y'all job. But they want to help us. They want us to help them identify this pixelated person that no one can make out because of this crappy security camera. And my question is, how do all these businesses have all this money? And they are somehow still using Civil War era type cameras. And they expect us to be able to ID a suspect in a crime. They put that caption on there. Can anybody identify this person? Yes. Yes, I can identify that person. That's the character from Minecraft, because that is what everybody looks like in all these pictures. All pixelated. Can't nobody figure that stuff out, man. And it's just so crazy. You know, we got the James Webb telescope out here with NASA peering into the deepest darkest parts of the universe never before seen by human eyes seeing all these never before seen things and colors but for some odd reason and no 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 store can purchase a camera an up-to-date camera that can clearly show this drug fiend stealing a 40 ounce bottle of old english some little debbie cakes and a handful of slim gems and y'all want us to be able to identify that pixelated minecraft person from that photo, it ain't happening, man. Not happening. Y'all gonna have to invest in y'all technology. 
and get that upgrade if you want this crime solved and you want some justice. You got to help us help you get justice. And those cameras y'all got ain't cutting it. All right. That rant's over. But trust me, there will be many, many more to go on today's episode. But before I sound ungrateful and bitter and angry, I'm not. I'm feeling good. Now, I had a wonderful, wonderful long weekend. It was my squad's weekend of work here in Louisville. And dare I say, man, I actually enjoyed it. I don't know what it was, but the first two days weren't horrible. It's like the the, uh, call volume. It was, you know, it's always high, but it was not as high as it has usually been. I actually felt like I had time to breathe a couple times on my shift. And what also made the shift enjoyable is the fact that, that I just work with some great people, man. I work with a lot of good people. You know, my partners and everybody on my squad and my sergeants, command, they all keep us, we all keep each other laughing. We keep each other lifted, especially in this day and time. But, man, I don't know. It was just a, it was a good weekend. And I don't know what it is, but it's like we all just work together really, really, really well. There's something about the first division in Louisville where I work that's exceptional. I don't know what it is, but. And I mean, I tell people maybe the closest that we have is because we've had so many tragedies within the first division. I mean, we've lost Officer Nick Rodman, whose father was an officer on the PD as well. And then we lost our partner, my, my buddy, Zach Cottingen, you know, back in December. And his father was on the department as well. So, you know, we've had these two tragedies that we've dealt with in the first division. And then we also had all of 2020, 2021, where it was the first division at the tip of the spear leading the charge every day. Just dealing with the protests day in and day out. I mean, it was literally our life for two years. So, I mean, if I had to guess, I mean, you know, tragedy bonds people together, especially officers. But, man, it's like it's just something special about where I work and the people I work with, man. So I just got to give a shout out to LMPD, 1st Division, 1st Platoon, 1st Squad, man. All my peeps on there, freaking love y'all. You know, it's policing is a hard job, especially in this day and age. But it is made easy when you have great partners and people that you work with man it's i mean like i said they are the cream of the crop and absolutely exceptional and my new partners i ain't gonna drop their names on here they know who they are my two favorite female cops right now that just came back to work with us i'm so glad to have y'all y'all make my day that much better truly appreciate y'all you know and i ain't gonna drop everybody's names on here but og mike p he know who he is my dude black french DK, the track star, my homegirl Sprizzy, and our favorite IG supermodel that all the thugs love, Yo-Yo. Shout out to all y'all, man, for making my weekend awesome. I really appreciate it because I was not feeling it coming in Friday morning. Because, man, we had, man, we, I don't know if y'all was watching the news, man. We dealt with some crap here in Louisville on Friday. And I'm going to tell you all all about it here in a little bit. But first, we dealt with some other crap. And I have to tell you all about the saga with Miss A that we currently have going on in Louisville, in downtown. And now why am I calling her Miss A? Because I don't want to violate this lady's privacy. I want to put her business out. Although she's putting her own business and own ass out in public, doing things that one should not be doing in front of other people. Because she ain't got no shame and she don't give a flying you know what. But this has been the trend every day I come to work in the morning. Eight o'clock, I'm in roll call. And it just literally every time, as soon as we sit down, they call. 115 Adam, 115 Charlie. 
copy on a trouble run on Market Street. And as soon as we hear that, we know who it is and we know what's going on. We know the problem because we have been literally dealing with this problem and this person every day that we have worked. And then we get in our cars and we drive down to this location in a very, very, very woke part of downtown. And now when I say woke, y'all know what it means to be woke. And I hate to be judgmental, but I am just calling this area what it is because of the people that frequent this area and the clientele. Yes, I am being judgmental, but that is only because the people in this area fit the bill of the woke. And there's nothing wrong with that. But these are, as I call them, the colored hair people who are eager to tell you their preferred pronouns. And these are the same people that will fight you if you misgender them or use their incorrect pronouns with them. Like I said, I'm not saying that to be a jerk. I'm saying that because that's the area. Trust me, I know. I've been working down there a long time. I know how it goes. I don't have anything against these people. All I'm saying is I just know how they are. But they have always, when I've been down there, not always, for the most part, treated me well. And there are no complaints at this business that calls us every morning. Every morning. Because Miss A, this homeless lady, looking like a bag of bones, in horrible health, no teeth. I mean, this lady been out in the streets, my God, how long? I don't even know. I don't even think she knows anymore. But she has lived a rough, rough, rough life. And Miss A is constantly in front of these people's business. She literally lives in front of it and handles all her business in front of the business. And the thing is, she's on a public sidewalk. And so when by the time we get down there, she's still on the public sidewalk, but she has moved from in front of the business to the side of the business. But people frequenting the business are seeing her there. And we roll up yesterday. She's laying down on her little mat, got her legs crossed, her head propped up on a pillow soaking up the sun just having a good time and they're complaining to us again just like every other morning man she's in front of our store and our response is sorry there's nothing we can do she's on a public sidewalk and of course i've been told by commanders and people in command on lmpd don't tell people to contact the mayor's office but i'm going to tell you right now i tell every tax-paying citizen in louisville when you have a problem that the police can't solve Call the mayor's office. I don't care who an LMPD command is hearing this, but yes, call the mayor's office if you have a problem that the police cannot solve because that is the mayor and city council's job to solve those problems and issues because you can't just throw everything at the feet of the police and the beat officer. Bro, I literally, I can't do nothing about a lady laying on the sidewalk in front of your establishment. This is the United States of America. This is not Cuba, not China, not Russia. I can't just walk down the street and seize people for being on a public sidewalk just because they're messing up your money. And I find it so funny that, you know, I don't know about this business specifically. I can't say that this is necessarily a woke business. But like I said, the people working in the business fit the bill of the woke. And I'm OK with that. But we all know how the woke can be. We all know how the far left and the Democrats can be in this country. You know, they're all about love and being inclusive. Let's take care of everybody, man. You know, there should be no homelessness. Let's help feed these people. Let's take care of everybody. But of course, we all know 
That all sounds good in theory. That all sounds good on social media. That all sounds good on TikTok. But at the end of the day, guess what? I don't care how far left you are, how radical you are. I don't care who you voted for or how you identify politically. At the end of the day, if you got a business, guess what? You're a capitalist. And you know what you want to do as a capitalist? You want to make money. And you know what comes before all that wokeness? Green. The dollar dollar. That Skrilla, dog. Everybody wants to make money. And I find it so funny that these woke businesses down there in that same area that love to love the homeless and take care of everybody. Ideal of a utopian society where there's no homelessness, no hunger, and everybody's just great. This whole socialist ideal that, yeah, yeah everything's going to be great and perfect under socialism and all of our problems will magically disappear because everybody's going to have everything that they need. But guess what? That stuff ain't real. That is not true. We know this because why? They can believe these ideals, but I see it every day that guess what? They want to put profit before the person. And you know what? If this is your personal business and you're paying taxes in America, I'm okay with that if that is your prerogative. But like I said, I just find it funny that in this part of town, I mean, this was the same part of town that supported BLM and all the protest activities and everything had the Black Lives Matter signs up in their windows all throughout 2020 and 2021. Yo, so, you know, it's for me, it's like, well, why aren't you helping Miss A? Give her some food. And they told me that we used to let her come in here. Why'd you, why'd you make her stop? She was asking people for change, started destroying the place. Well, you should just forgive her and give her another fair chance and a chance and a fair shot. She's only a human being. She can't help it. It's okay, right? No, no, it don't work like that. Because when you start affecting people's bottom dollar, I don't care how left you are or how radical you are, you want your money at the end of the day. So I just find it a little ironic that the wokest of the woke call us every morning to help deal with their problem, with their societal issue and problem that they don't want to deal with because they don't want to lose their money. And like I said, this like I said, this place, this business is good to me. They've not said anything crazy to me. I'm just pointing out the obvious. And the thing is, there's really not much we can do with Miss A. Although the, yesterday we did have, they did show us some video evidence of Miss A in the street with her pants down and that pale old wrinkly booty dropping it like it's hot on the side of a car right next to the business. Just dropping a hot one and letting that personal lemonade of hers flow into the street. And the business showed us, and we're just sick and tired of this. What can we do? It's like, brother, it's a misdemeanor that did not occur in my presence, man. I can't do anything. But you know what? If I was you, I'd go scoop up the mess, throw it in a plastic bag, and take it up to the city hall and drop it on the mayor's front door. Be like, hey, man, I need you to do something about this. Because we had a guy that did the same thing almost during a couple months back. No, I mean, there were just so many wrecked cars in Louisville all over the place. And this guy was tired of having these wrecked cars in front of his business. You know, you know what he did? He hired a tow truck and had all those cars towed down to City Hall in front of City Hall. And guess what? They made a change. They changed everything so that this guy could have run and operate his business. So, like I said, if you have a problem, go to the mayor's office. Complain, 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 complain. I said, I will do what I can on my end as a law enforcement officer, but realize police, we don't have teeth like people think we do. We really don't. 
I, yeah, I can take your freedom. But in order to get to that point to arrest you and take your freedom it takes a lot of work, man. I can't just like say run up and snatch you off the streets. This we ain't the KGB, man. You know, there's steps and there's processes to go to this. So we are extremely limited. And honestly, I do feel for anybody that lives in the city that runs a business that has property, you know, that pays taxes and you're having all your stuff taken by the homeless people out here, man, and squatters. How is it that people that squat on public lands that, you know, there's an ordinance in the city that says no camping in public, but we allow them to do it anyway. And then they call the police in. And then we, when we go to enforce the law, we get in trouble by the homeless coalition. So guess what? We don't do anything. We back up. And so we just let them do their thing and let them have their way. But like I say, this only continues to happen because the populists aren't complaining about it. You know, so we just let it go. There's nothing I can do about it, people. Nothing I can do. And I'll say this last thing about the homeless. Remember, you as a taxpaying citizen, you pay taxes. You, know, you are providing a service to the city and to the people. You are providing income. You are providing revenue for people. And of course, the homeless don't provide anything. They only suck up resources and they don't put back into the community. So, yes, I would be absolutely furious if that was me in those people's shoes. And there was nothing being done about it. But, you know, that just goes to show how our elected officials, I am officially no longer using the term leaders. Because, like I said, the term leaders, not anybody, not everybody's a leader because you get elected into a position does not mean that you're a leader. Just because you take a test and get some stripes on you does not mean that you're a leader. You're an elected official. That's pretty much it. I'm not going to call these people leaders. And just like our elected officials here in Louisville, all the way up to the state level and federal level. We have been failed by those we have voted into office, into their positions. There's no way around it, man. And the thing is, they continue to serve their own self-interest and not what is best for the people who put them in office. And I say that because it is becoming more and more clear, not just to me, but a lot of people, a lot of people that are divided by left and right, red and blue, liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat, man. More and more people are starting to see that there is corruption at corruption at all levels of government. And our elected officials are extremely incompetent. Hell, you could just look at COVID and the recent CDC guidelines that just got released to show how incompetent our government is. I mean, man, we go from less than two years ago. Well, two years ago, everything's locked down. The world is shut down. People are dying everywhere. And, you know, you got to wear a mask. You can't leave your house. The whole world shut down. You know, it was like Armageddon, apocalypse now, man. It was like people were buying what toilet paper there was no food no groceries everything was out of stock because people were panicking because of the government but now we got these new cdc guidelines that says those exposed to the virus are no longer required to quarantine unvaccinated people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people students can stay in class after being exposed to the virus and it's no longer recommended to screen those without symptoms my god what a turn of events my God. And I mean, just a couple months ago, the Omicron variant, you know, it's coming to kill us all. And now they expect us to believe this mess about monkeypox. And, you know, I just government incompetence, man. It is what it is. And we, the taxpayers, continue to suffer because of that incompetence. And now let me go ahead and say this as well. 
Man, honestly, I've been really trying to stay away from politics and getting deep into politics on my podcast because honestly, I'm not a big political person. You know, I have my opinions and views on stuff just like anybody else. And I will be completely honest, my knowledge on politics is very limited in certain areas, especially within how the government works in so many different areas. Because honestly, I don't have time to read it all. I don't have time to read all the stories. I don't have time to watch all the news and look at the documents and do all the digging that I want. I just don't, man. And be honest, the average person in America doesn't either. Our government, the, our founding documents are simple, but we have overcomplicated things by adding so much more overwatching, more government and expanding the government and making things more difficult for the average American to understand. And like I said, man, we just don't, people are busy working, living their lives. People don't have time to just deal and dabble into all this governmental mess, trying to figure all this stuff out. Although some of us do, and that's some, that's some, that's all some people's lives are. And these people aren't involved in government. They just, you know, they, they just end it all day, every day. And if you ask me, sometimes they're a little crazy, but at the same time, they're not always wrong though. But, but like I said, I don't have time to be involved in all that. So what I usually do to get by, I study the constitution as much as possible. I constantly, I got an app on my phone. I'm constantly going to look at the constitution the amendments and the articles and the sections just to kind of just know and have a basic knowledge of how my country operates as most people should, but most people don't. Most people couldn't tell you the difference between the Senate and the House of Representatives. Hell, I guarantee you most Americans, if they had to take the naturalization test that immigrants take when they want to become American citizens would fail. Probably myself included, but obviously I'm a little bit more well-versed than the average person because I know my country and I know my history but see what I depend on to get by in my life mostly because I tell people I am not that smart of a man but the Lord blessed me with good sense and I get by on common sense that is how I've gotten through my life that is how I've gotten through most things that is, that is how I've overcome so much common sense people but as you know common sense in 2022 is literally a superpower and because of that common sense, it allows me to see through a lot of the BS that goes on with our government. And also, it almost it's almost like it gives me foresight and like a third eye to see stuff coming before it happens. And I'm not going to lie, I pretty much predicted all the craziness that happened this past week here in Louisville and Cincinnati and at the Capitol. As soon as I heard the story about Donald Trump being raided by the FBI and the DOJ. As soon as I heard that, I said to myself, boy, there's going to be a crap storm and a whole lot of fallout from this because I know people. I know I know the government. I know the people in the government. So when all this stuff started happening, I was not surprised. So, of course, you know, Friday morning, I decide I'm going to go into work two hours late. And now looking back on it, it looks real suspicious that I called in. Hey, the night before was like, hey, Sarge, I'm not going to make it into roll call at eight o'clock. I'm going to be in at 10 o'clock. And so, you know, me and my wife, you know, we were celebrating our 10 year wedding anniversary on the 11th. And so I was like, hey, man, we're going to stay out a little late, have a good time, have some drinks, go home and chill out. Right. So, man, you know, that's when I decide, man, I'm I'm going to go into work a little later. And by the time I get to work, I cut on, I get in my police car, cut on my radio. 
and I'm seeing stuff about a suspicious device found downtown in the beat next to mines, right at the intersection of Fifth and Jefferson, right next to the mayor's office in City Hall. And so I, you know, I already know what I'm going to hear from my peeps. Like, bro, where was you at this morning, huh? What were you doing? You was missing for two hours, man. Now all of a sudden you come into work. I know it looks suspicious, but I promise it was not me with the suspicious device. I was just a little hungover from partying with my wife all night, celebrating 10 years of my third marriage. I don't need your judgment. Some of y'all are on number four, number five. I'm good right where I'm at. So, you know, I go to work that day and I'm doing my thing and I'm just listening and getting all the updates from this craziness going on in downtown Louisville with the suspicious package. I mean, man, all the three letter alphabet soup agencies were out there. ATF, FBI, you name them. They were all there, you know, and they're doing their investigation. And me, I'm having to pick up all the runs in the area because most of my peeps that I work with are tied up holding intersections, making sure that people don't enter into the area. And so we're letting bomb squad and all these agencies do their job. And I'm just humping around the area, trying to clear out as many runs as possible. Then I start seeing reports about an incident happening in Cincinnati, which is just an hour and 20 minutes North of Louisville. Turns out that some nutcase on Trump's social media platform, truth social makes a statement on there. And I guess he sent some messages to Donald Trump, but this guy is saying, hey, it's time to go to war. It's time for combat. Prepare yourselves. You know, it's time to go and kill the FBI. And this numbskull drives to the FBI office in Cincinnati wearing a tack vest, an AR-15, and a nail gun. I don't know what his intentions were with the nail gun. My God, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I want to know at this point. But I don't know what you're going to do with a nail gun, homie. That's especially at the FBI building, bro. Like, wow. I do wish I do wish this dude was still alive so I could talk to him, interview him and ask him what the F was he thinking? Because that was stupid. But, you know, he goes there, tries to force his way into the FBI building. He fails at making an entry. Of course, ain't nobody getting into the FBI building. Gets into his car, leads police on a chase. And then he stops his car and then he enters into a standoff with the FBI and the Ohio State troopers for hours. And at a certain point, he gets out of the car fires a couple shots at them and they shoot him and kill him you know i hopped on true social this morning because you know i have an account on there but i'll be honest i've not really posted on there but oh man it's it's just like anywhere else there's social media it's a little toxic i see people tagging donald trump in some stuff saying that you killed him this is all your fault and i'm just like oh god here we go man and it just continues to spiral from there and then the next day on August 14th, I see news out of the Capitol. Another whack job decides to drive his car to the Capitol, runs into the barricade, causing his car to be, you know, ignite and set ablaze. He gets out of his car, fires a couple shots into the air, and then ends up killing himself. And of course, people, like I said, I'm not mentioning these people's names on my podcast. I'm not giving them any sort of credit or anything. And I know there's people probably cheering these people on. But if you're cheering these people on, you're probably part of the problem that's going on in this country. I want to tell you, probably go talk to a psych, you know, a psychiatrist or a shrink, but I'm sure you're not going to take my advice because that is not normal behavior for anybody. And I understand we're all upset at what's going on, but my God, man, that is not the way to go about it. You're not going to topple the U.S. government with a nail gun, brother. 
and you running your car into a barricade at the Capitol, you didn't change anything. If anything, all y'all did was make things worse and just reaffirmed how people feel about Trump supporters and how everybody thinks that they're nutcases and they were, that we're all crazy. And that's not the case. Honestly, it just played right into what everything that they want. That's all it did. But, you know, like I said, this is all part of the fallout. How crazy that I predicted it because it's a cycle, man. This is the same stuff that happens all the time. Every year we come close to an election, dude. Like I said, this is all fallout from the FBI DOJ raid at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago mansion. And now I've read into some of the stuff that they're alleging that the, the documents Donald Trump had like 11 pages of secret nuclear codes and all this top secret stuff, yada, yada, yada. yada. And we all know what's up with this stuff. Okay, did Donald Trump take the documents? More than likely, yes, probably. Now, we're, here's where it starts to get convoluted because, like I say, we have the bias on the left and the bias on the right. Donald Trump makes a statement that, hey, Barack Obama has 30 million documents that he took with him to his place in Chicago. But now we have other you know, left news agencies coming out and saying, that's not true. Obama didn't take any documents, and some are saying he did take them but the, you know, the National Archive said he could have them and he took them and uploaded them into the system. Then you have news agencies on the right saying that that's not true. Obama had the documents and never uploaded them. So now we just have this whole convoluted thing of the old two party system, left versus right, red versus blue, and nothing's getting solved with it. You know, and as I was looking for, I guess, articles on Obama and all these records, honestly, I was doing what a lot of people do. I wanted my bias to be confirmed because I have a bias towards Obama and the Democrats. I do, you know, and it just everybody has a bias. We all do. Just like if you want to say that Donald Trump, Donald Trump's a piece of crap, that he's a criminal, he deserves to go to jail. You're just going to look at MSNBC and completely ignore Fox News. So I looked at a bunch of different sources and I'll be honest, this is the problem with America today. Everything is so slanted towards either the left or the right. You don't know where to find the truth at. And I don't know where to find the truth with any of this stuff. That's why I said I do my research when I can, but I don't have time to sift through all this BS and figure out what's real and what's not real. But what we do know what is real is the fact that other presidents in the past have done this. And there was the Presidential Record Act that was passed in 1978 that said that uh, United States Congress governing the official records of presidents and vice presidents created or received on or after January 20th, 1981, and mandating the preservation of presidential records. And those are public records. They don't necessarily belong to the president. But like I said, Donald Trump is not the only one that has done this. But the problem is, Donald Trump is the only one being held accountable for anything. And that is a problem, major problem. Because we all know, there is no bias in what I'm about to say. We all know that there have been plenty of Democrats involved in crap over the last few years that skated free that should be in jail. And you all know who I'm talking about, Hillary Clinton. When she was the Secretary of State, she had all those email servers and all those devices that weren't secured, sending highly confidential, classified, top secret info out to different people in the government. And they said that they are quite sure that those hard drives were accessed by enemies of the state. But of course, nothing happened to Hillary Clinton. Not a thing. 
she somehow evaded any sort of prosecution. And the FBI had announced on July 5th, 2016, that it was recommending the U.S. Department of Justice that no criminal charges be filed against Hillary Clinton. And former FBI Director James Comey said in a statement, although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. Well, there's that. And not only that, we had the whole Russia, fake Russia collusion thing that the Democrats made up to try to link Trump with Russia. I mean, false documents, false warrants, all this stuff was created and wasted millions of dollars of taxpayers' money, y'all. And nothing came of it, but we wasted a lot of money. Nothing was brought against Donald Trump. But now, all of a sudden, Donald Trump is the only president in history being held accountable for this violation. You know, that is wrong on so many levels. And like I said, you know, I am a Donald Trump guy. I voted for Trump. If he ran, unfortunately, I wasn't going to vote for him again if he ran because I believe he's such a polarizing figure. And he did great things for the country, but he was just too polarizing and he caused a lot of problems. But he, like I said, I liked him, but I was going to vote for somebody else, like hopefully Ron DeSantis. But now if he does get the chance to run again, he's definitely getting my vote because of this foolishness right here. And my thing is, if we're only going to hold him accountable, but nobody else that we don't have a country. If we are allowing politicians and political parties to use the FBI and the Department of Justice to do their bidding to protect their interests, because that was not the creation of the FBI. That was not what they were created for or the DOJ. And now the FBI has become literally the armed wing of the Democratic Party, and they are using them and they are using the FBI as a political pawn to keep Donald Trump from running in the next presidential election. It's clear as day. The FBI is now officially the SS, like the Hitler had his own SS to protect his interests and protect everything that he wanted. That is literally what the FBI has become to the Democrats. They have become their SS, man. And this is absolutely ridiculous. And even the worst part is not all Democrats agree with what has happened. I mean, you have Andrew Yang, who was a strong figure in the Democratic Party, coming out and speaking out against this raid, saying that the FBI and the DLJ have better show us some evidence of what they found and explain this warrant in its entirety, because all of us deserve an answer. And he even tweeted out on Tuesday that the raid strengthens the case for millions of Americans who will see this as an unjust persecution. I fear we will look back on this day as the day that activated extremism and not the opposite. Well, he ain't wrong about that, man, because it sure did ignite some extremism. You know, an even failed New York State Governor Como came out and had some words about this, saying that the DOJ needs to fess up. Although, to be honest, I really don't want to hear anything from him and his corrupt self as well. And the worst part of this whole thing is that, you know, Law enforcement has already had a stain on itself from the last few years with everything that has gone on in this country with riots and, and, uh, and protesting in reference to a police brutality and police accountability. And I mean, let's be honest, dude, policing in America has never been a profession where people have always openly trusted. And I understand that because you know why? There are people that get in uniform and do corrupt stuff. There are people that get in government and do corrupt stuff, but absolute power corrupts 
And when you're a cop on the beat or you're a special agent and you have all this power at your disposal, you can expect people to do wrong. And so the battle for law enforcement has always been, how do we become legitimate in the eyes of the public? How do we get the public to trust us? How do we get the public to support us? Well, I'll tell you what, this is not it, what's, what the FBI is doing. And you be allowing itself to be used as a political football by political parties, you know, to stop another political foe. You know, that's fascism. <laughs> that's fascism at its best. And it's happening right here before our eyes in America, man. And the FBI and the DOJ have all these investigations going on into all these police departments. I mean, even here in Louisville, like I said, we have the whole Breonna Taylor case going on right now where the FBI just arrested a bunch of officers from LMPD and they had a female officer, well, detective, well, former, that's been working with them to give them information about the Breonna Taylor raid. And I hear it and all, but my thing is, how are we to trust anything coming from the FBI with this raid hanging over their head? And clearly they're being used as a political pawn. How are we supposed to trust any of their investigations? And you know, it's so weird. You know, I, for the last few years, I've heard the public yell and scream. We can't trust the police. Who's going to, you know, watch the watchers. You know, how are we supposed to trust people investigating themselves? And honestly, I've always understood that always. And I've always said, Hey, I'm okay with somebody coming in and watching the police. But for me, I don't want it to be a civilian review board of people that are not trained in policing. That makes no sense. Now, if you give me a civilian review board of retired officers from different backgrounds, I'm okay with that because they know the job. They understand what's at stake. But you can't just be some fat, overweight guy that just hates the police and sits on his computer in his mom's basement every day on Twitter, arguing with people and calling people names and think you're just going to come get on the civilian review board and tell me how to do my damn job when you can't even do a push up. That makes no sense. But that's what we're doing. I guarantee you, if I tried to go to the hospital today, say, hey, I want to be on the medical review board. I want to be on, you know, the board of surgeons. Sir, what qualifications do you have? None. Now, I did watch Grey's Anatomy a few seasons, but hey, I would like to sit here and hold these doctors accountable for all these deaths that they're causing. They're going to look at me and laugh. But for some odd reason, law enforcement is the only profession where people with no experience know exactly how to do this job which is bizarre, but yet we continue to fill up these civilian review boards with people with no experience and no life experience. And you know what? they don't even really give them a baseline of you know qualifications that they have to meet, really. You know, these people come into the civilian review board and they don't have to do any police ride-alongs. I'm like, dude, if you're going to be on the civilian review, review board, you should at least have to ride a minimum amount of hours a month with the police in order to sit on this review board. But we don't do that. We just select random ass people to sit here and just criticize, criticize, criticize with no training. No, but just like the police department, the FBI and man, most other may other uh, federal law enforcement agencies, man, most of the people that work at these agencies are good people. I know a lot of I know quite a bit of FBI agents. One of my really good friends is an FBI agent. Phenomenal guy. I would go to bat with this dude any day. If I looked up and I saw him coming, I would be comfortable because I know him. I know his character. I know what he's about. I trust him. Great guy. And mo like I said, most of the special agents I know are great people. 
We've had officers from LMPD leave and go to the FBI, ATF, and other agencies, man. And I know them and I would vouch for them every day. But just like anywhere else, the people, the American people are not going to see those agents. They're not going to see the people that they know like I know them. They're going to see the FBI leadership and the politicalness that's come of it and the corruption. And they're going to judge the entire FBI based off of the decisions of a handful of people. And you know what? That is not fair to the rest of the FBI. You know, so we have a lot of people saying defund the FBI. And trust me, I get it. I understand. I understand. But it's not that the FBI needs to be defunded or, you know, it's not that the FBI needs to be abolished. It needs to be rebuilt and restructured. And, you know, and I can hear the people right now, all the protesters. Gee, that's what we're saying about the police department. Hey, dude, I compl- I get it. I understand the complaints, man. I really do. But in order to do that, you got to fix the government and get corrupt ass people out of these offices in these positions. But how do you do that when a government is set up to protect itself? That's hard to do. You know, and the, and the FBI, man, they have such a legacy of prestige. You know, I even considered trying to join the FBI not long after I got out the army. It was one of my options. You know, I was looking at the FBI, the DEA, the ATF, the U.S. Marshals. You know, but I ended up settling for becoming a police officer. Then I had the chance to go do the Border Patrol and I did it. Hey, didn't like it and came back home. You know, but I've always had a lot of respect for the feds because the feds, you would think that the feds are held to a higher standard. But the truth is, if you've ever worked for the federal government, you know that there are plenty of morons that work in the federal government that make a good living. And they are just as political as anybody else. And we are seeing that now, man. And our, the government corruption just continues to grow and the government continues to grow. And and that is because our elected officials have allowed for the government corruption to just spread because one, they're benefit off of they're benefiting off of it as well. And two, it's in their best interest because they want to stay in power and keep their positions. You know, and then to top off all this craziness that we're already experiencing in America, we have the reduction, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 that just passed, a.k.a. the Green New Deal with some tax credits for people that are willing to go green. But I will also be honest about the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 that just got passed. I didn't read it like most people. I read into it. I read some things about it. But, dude, it's 730 pages. Let me ask you, do you think everybody in Congress, everybody in the Senate read that bill in its entirety? No, no. Ain't no way in hell they did that. Not possible. And, you know, so people comb through these bills. There should be no reason that a bill should be 730 pages whatsoever. And like I have said, I know that is done by our government officials intentionally to try to confuse the people and the populace because you know what? They don't want us knowing everything that's going on and who has time in America, especially in Joe Biden's economy to sift through 730 pages. I don't want anybody to sit here and tell me that they've read this bill in its entirety. No one has y'all are just like me. You hear stuff and pick out stuff here and there from different people that you listen to on the news and podcasts and you just kind of run with it. And honestly, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to be honest. I'm just running with some of the stuff I've heard. But I mean, $430 billion of taxpayer money to pass this bill. 
and the scary part of this bill is the the federal government is expanding itself under this bill with 80 billion dollars being given to the IRS the Eternal Revenue Service everybody's favorite people and if you haven't heard you're probably thinking why does the IRS need 80 billion dollars so when I was listening to on the news about this bill heard Biden and a couple you know people in government saying this bill was not here. It, no, th this bill is here to help the American people. It's to help cut your taxes. It's to help you. But this bill is not here to help any of us. It only helps you if you're on their side and you're willing to go green and get some tax credits. That's it. But there's new taxes for small for small and mid-sized businesses. But see, the government is saying that this bill is going to target the wealth, the ultra wealthy and these big corporations that don't pay taxes. You know, they, they now have a 15% minimum for these big corporations, which I'm okay with. But my thing is, there are only like 700 like billionaires or millionaires in America. 700 or so, give or take. So why do we need 87,000 IRS agents to look into 700 people? That's... That, do the math. That's not something's not right about that. That makes absolutely no sense. So why do we need 87,000 IRS agents and 80 billion dollars going to the IRS? Because it's not just the 87,000 agents that they're getting. And see, when I talk about the agents they're getting, I'm not talking about the pencil pushing guy dorks that sit there and crunch numbers at a desk all day and pass you papers all day. You know, that's not what we're talking about. They are recruiting 1811s. If you don't know what 1811 is, that is in the federal government. Just like with the military, we have an MOS like me in the Army. I was 11 Bravo. I was an infantryman. And 1811 in the federal government system is a criminal investigator. And the thing that differentiates criminal investigators from others is they're allowed to carry firearms. So you have to ask yourself, why does an IRS agent need firearm? And then you got to ask yourself, why does the IRS have $5 million worth of ammo and why do they have 5,000 firearms? Because people, they're not coming after the ultra wealthy and the corporations. Who else are they coming after? Dude, they're coming after us, man. Let's be honest. You don't need 87,000 armed IRS agents to come after you know, billionaires. No. There are 300 something million people in America. Wake up, bro. They're coming for you and your wallet and your retirement accounts, man. They are coming for all of it. And I'm not being paranoid because if you look at the IRS hiring announcement that was posted on USA Jobs, you will see in the job description, it says major duties adhere to the highest standards of conduct, especially in maintaining honesty and integrity. Work a minimum of 50 hours per week which may include irregular hours and be on call 24-7, including holidays and weekends. Maintain a level of fitness necessary to effectively respond to life-threatening situations on the job. And this is the catcher. Carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. And be willing and able to participate in arrest, execution of search warrants, and other dangerous assignments. Since when do the IRS do such things? And that has never been a thing. And now, see, there was backlash over this. And I read an article where it said IRS faces online uproar 
over special agent job posting requiring the ability to use deadly force if necessary. And now that was posted by Fox Business. And then on the National Review, I found an article that says IRS deletes job posting seeking applicants willing to use deadly force. And so I went back to the IRS website to look at the criminal investigator job posting. And guess what? That little blurb about willing to use deadly force is gone. But just because you deleted it, it's like a tweet. Bro, there's screenshots. Dude, we already see what's up, man. You might as well just kept it up at this point because we are not going to forget about that. That, that. That's telling. That tells you literally what is coming, man. And I said, I've worked in federal law enforcement. I have looked into many Fed jobs. I've looked into the FBI, DEA, ATF, all of them, U.S. Marshals, and I ain't never seen one job posting that ever said being willing to use deadly force. But the IRS did not have a problem putting that on their website. And I can just hear all my conspiracy theorist friends right now. Oh, they are just having a field day with this. And the I told you so. I told you so, Pitts. What did I tell you, man? We've been saying this all along. Look at it. Look at us now. Who's right now? See, we're not crazy, man. Y'all, man, we are, we are woke to what's going on. We see what's going on. Well, let me tell you something. We all better wake up and see what is going on. Because this is dangerous and this affects everybody. I don't care how far left you are, how right you are, in the middle, whatever you are. This is our country. This is America. This is not what the founding fathers had in mind. And this is why the founding fathers put in the Second Amendment to the Constitution. The government and politicians are not against guns, people. They believe in guns very much because they have people that they surround themselves with security guards with guns. They are surrounded by guns 24-7 to protect them and their interests. Say the government is not against guns. The government is just against you having guns to protect yourself from them and the overreach. And if you are anti-2A and you are making a lot of money, I want to know how you feel about that Second Amendment now, dog. And listen, I'm not sitting there trying to say, hey, it's time to go to war with the federal government and take up arms because I don't think we're at that point yet. And, that, and I hope we never get to that point. I've been to war. And I woke up, man, my arm was hurting this morning from waking up because of my freaking injuries from Iraq from almost 16 years ago. I don't want to get hurt again. I don't want to get shot again. I don't want to get blown up, you know, especially in a war. I'm, I've had enough war. I want this country to get better, but I also want our government to get under control. And I want the American people to start standing up for themselves, man, and stop listening to these lying ass divisive politicians, dude. None of these people are on our side, dog. I'm telling you, none of them, left or right. Dude, they are their own special class of elites taking care of each other and taking our money. And I mean, then you got people out here like Robert O'Rourke. I'm not calling that dude Beto. Ain't no way. He ain't no damn Beto. His mama named Robert. I'm going to call him Robert. You know, then we have this guy over here at a rally somewhere in Texas spitting off at the mouth about weapons when it's clearly this cuck has never fired a gun in his entire life. And now he wants to play the part of Mr. Tough Guy when you know, somebody laughs at something he says that's incorrect about an AR-15 and then he cusses this guy out and tries to play tough. Well, let's be honest, man. Without his security, without him being a politician, a failed politician, this dude is a nobody that knows nothing. His only claim to fame is that he is a politician. What has he done outside of politics? Not a damn thing. Just like most of our politicians serving today. Bro, Biden, 
I mean, McConnell, most of these cats have never had real jobs. Bernie Sanders ain't never had no real damn job. He's literally been in government his entire life. No one should get rich serving in the government, man. That is not what government service was designed to do. But now people get in here and they get rich and they keep getting richer off of our backs. The American taxpayer, freaking politicians doing illegal bonds and stock trading and insider information, man. And this stuff is just happening in front of us all day, every day. And we, we're not doing anything about it, you know, and then we just wait for the election to come. And then we cast a vote and we think that casting a vote for another guy is going to solve it. And that's not the case. And I mean, with the midterms coming up here in a couple months, we got to look at why all of this is happening. And my theory is it's just like anybody else's theory. This is all by design and plan. There's no they launched that raid on Trump's estate at that time for a certain reason. Just like they released the information about the officers here in LMPD involved in the Breonna Taylor case at this time for a certain reason because the democrats don't have a leg to stand on right now the economy is tanking we are in a recession we're not listening to joe biden and his uh press secretary try to you know, change the definition of a recession we're not doing that dog the definition of a recession has always been the same we're not gonna let y'all change it i mean inflation's up gas prices are up you know they try to get you excited about 20 cents you no know, gas coming down 20 cent homie I'm still paying $4 for a gallon of gas. My money's not going as far as it used to go. Things are not well. So in order for the Democrats to make it seem like they have a leg to stand on, they are trying to tap in to the insecurity of Americans and stir the pot. And when you stir the pot, there's all these crazies on the far left and the far right. But right now they're stirring the pot for the far right to try to elicit a response from these people which they got over this past weekend with the freaking fake bomb in downtown Louisville. And then with the two, with the guy attacking the FBI building and then with the guy trying to attack the Capitol, you cannot sit here and tell me that that was not the intent, the initial intent of all this stuff with Donald Trump. Like I said, people, I'm not that smart. I'm just a beat cop. I'm just a guy with a podcast. I'm a dad and I go to work You know, I make my money and I just try to live my life. I read some books here and there and I look into stuff here and there and try to do some research here and there. But like I said, I might not understand all the inner dealings of everything that's going on with the government, but I've been alive long enough to know and to have seen this cycle in America over and over and over again. And it happens on the right as well. You know, we had that left leftist lunatic that went up and shot up the congressional baseball game a couple years ago, tried to kill some congressmen. It happens. But like I said, it's just the government doing what it does to stir up the base, to stir up the crazy people so that they can come out and say, see, I told you all those Trump MAGA people, those ultra MAGAs, they're all crazy. Look at them and they will take these two, three incidents and try to blanket the entire base of people that support Donald Trump or, or the entire the entire conservative base. I told you, man, there are people that live in the extremes. I know people that live in the extremes. Hey, I love them. I'm cool with them. But hey, I, I don't want to live my life like that, man. I try to be reasonable and I try to use common sense. And if you can look at this and see and put aside your bias, put aside your politics, take off your conservative hat, take off your Democratic hat, your liberal leftist hat and just look at what's going on. We're being played for the midterms. That's all this is. 
This is exactly what they wanted to happen. And you know what they're going to they're hoping to happen? The same thing they had happen with Jan 6. They want people to get into a frenzy. They want the crazy people on the right to get stirred up and to go do something crazy so they can have another January 6. That's all it is, man. But the problem is in today's society, most people don't know how to think critically for themselves. People get caught up in the wave of emotions and in the headlines and the news titles. I mean, they get caught up in the memes and nobody's sitting back thinking, why is this happening? And why am I playing into this? Man, when people say stuff that to you that is extreme, you know they're trying to get you to do something. They're trying to elicit a response out of you. Just like when people say the N-word to me, I like to say, when people call me a nigga, I hate that N-word bullcrap. It is what it is, dog. When someone calls me a nigga, you know what? In my mind, I go through this little roll of decks like, Dex, we've been here before. Look at the person calling and saying it to you. He wants you to get mad and upset and act a certain way because he believes that that's the way niggas act. And guess what? I'm not a nigga. I'm just a black man in America doing my best to try to take care of my family, serve my community and love on my country. And so when somebody steps out of line and says something to me crazy, I say, I got enough common sense and experience and knowledge to know that person is trying to get me to do something I normally would not do. And you have to look at all these major news organizations, all these politicians and all the people saying all this crazy stuff. Cause I got on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and I put in the names of the people that committed these horrible acts this past weekend. And guess what we're seeing? Oh, I knew it. An ultra MAGA, a Trumper, just like we all suspected. We know. And that is what they want. And so like I said, I don't have a lot of people to listen to the show. I average about maybe 300 downloads. It's not a lot of downloads, but you know what? It's special to me and it's important. If you are listening to this and you are a Trump lover and I mean, hey, man, it, it is what it is. Like I, said, I love Trump. But if you were an extremist, I want you to stop and think for a second before you go do something stupid. Get yourself killed. And not just that, put the country in danger because you're going to overreact to, to somebody trying to get you to overreact, man. Stop and think about what you're doing before you do it, man. I mean, dude, I have personal feelings about stuff that goes on in this country. I have, I'm pretty loose with my lips and say a lot of what I want to say, but I'm also careful in what I say because I don't want the FBI or the IRS or the Secret Service coming knocking at my door saying that I'm trying to start a war because that is not what I want to do. I mean, hell, the FBI just put out a list of these new domestic terrorist organizations and the Betsy Ross flag is on there. And the don't tread on me flag, like, what the heck, man? Like, yo, what is going on in this country? And we're getting to this tipping point, man. And something's going to have to happen. Something's going to have to be done. And the thing is, outside of a violent altercation with the government, I don't know what can be done. And like I said, that's a last, 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 last resort that I don't want to happen and that I don't want to have to go through, deal with. I don't. You know, I still believe that we're at a point to where the country can be saved. But I mean, like I said, I'm listening to podcasts like I was listening to, to Dan Bongino. And you know, he was saying on there, this is the last ditch effort of the republic. If we don't do something about this now, the republic is doomed. We're done for. Everybody better step up and do something, you know. And it's just like I understand the urgency. I understand, you know, the need to try to do something to make it right. But 
when people say that this this incident right here is the last incident, this is the last straw. The republic is doomed if we don't do something now. That to me is even for him being a conservative, being on the right. That is him trying to elicit a response from people. To it's like a call to arms for me, you know. And I, I don't I don't want to get down with that. You know, I believe that most of us here in America, most of us here in America are good and reasonable people. Our politicians, that's a whole nother story. I know that all politicians are bad, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I really think anybody that works in that swamp is bad. And I hate to make a monolith of all politicians, but bro, politics is a dirty game. It is just it just is what it is, man. It is what it is. I mean, these people do not serve us. They serve themselves. Like I said, that's why they've been in office for so long, making all the money they do. And ain't none of them did a damn thing for me. I still got to get up in the morning and put on my 511 tacticals and hit the streets and patrol because nobody's going to look out for me or my family like me. Politicians ain't going to do it. The president ain't going to do it. There's no policy that they're going to pass that's going to necessarily make my life better. My life is better and gets better because of the personal decisions that I make. That is not incumbent on any presidential candidate, representatives, senators, none of that. It is up to me at the end of the day. And it is up to you at the end of the day. It is up to you and your personal choices that makes your life better or your life worse. Yes, what happens in the political offices does impact us. But at the end of the day, it's what are you doing? How are you leading your life? How are you leading your family? That's a, that literally that's what matters most. Like I said, and we have this thing in this country where we really, truly think that, you know, every two years and every four years, we think that, you know, the red wave is coming. And that's what I'm hearing now about uh, the midterms. The red wave is coming. The Republicans are going to sweep everything and take back the House. You know, we're going to take back the Senate. You know, we're just the red wave. And everybody's so excited about it. I ain't going to lie. Like I said, I'm biased. I'm excited about it, too. But we also have to be realistic about that excitement and realize that we're being excited about more of the same, more division and more business as usual with our elected officials. So I saw on Breitbart the other day, somebody made this post. It said, dear elites, I want you to hear me that. Dear elites, you have awakened a giant. You foster corruption and cronyism while weaponizing the levers of justice for cheap political ends. You crush our wallets while enriching your own. And you shred the constitution you swore to protect and defend. Enjoy it while you can. We'll see you in November. Signed, We the People. See you in November. So my question to Breitbart and anybody else is, who are you voting in that is not going to be part of the elites? Who? Because my recounter to that post was, if you think voting for a greedy, self-serving politician with an R in front of his name instead of a D is going to stop the corruption and cronyism, you are sadly mistaken. The red wave is coming. But like I said, the red wave is just going to be more the same more of the corruption because like I said the political class in America they are their own patrician class they are their own group of people that don't care about us like I said I am a conservative I am a Republican I, I am more conservative than Republican because I just see more and more what's going on with politics and it don't matter what letter you put in front of your name a corrupt Republican in the presidency is no better than a corrupt Democrat in the presidency. You know, and I tell, you know, I'm conditioned just like everybody else to think that Republicans are going to be better. Republicans are 
better off and the Republicans are looking out for the people. And like I said, we got to be honest, man. Life under Donald Trump was good, but Donald Trump wasn't perfect. You know, Donald Trump was doing deals with the Saudis. And we remember that little 9-11 thing we had happen? All, most of the hijackers came from Saudi Arabia, but we don't have a problem for some odd reason doing deals with the people that flew planes into our building. You know, so we praise Trump on one end, but we won't hold him accountable on the other end. And then we'll go over here to Biden, who's got all these deals going on with China, his son dealing with Ukraine and Russia, all this other stuff going on. And then, you know, people they say we do this dance every two to four years. We don't like the way something's going because there's a Republican in office. So we go to the other extreme. Everybody goes and votes Democrat. And then when that's not going well, we all shift back to the other side and vote Republican. And like I said, we just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And nothing ever changes people. How do we change it? I like I said, I don't know. I wish I knew the answer. I wish I knew the solution. I wish I could say, hey, we just need to get rid of politics and get politics out of everything. But the truth is, politics is part of the human condition. Politics has been around since the beginning of time. And politics will always be a part of what we do here in life and in America. I mean, it's on our jobs. Hell, it's everywhere. You can't escape politics. And I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Because as I've always said, I want people to do the right thing, not the political thing. But unfortunately, politics rule the world and politics rule the U.S. And so does our current elite class of politicians. And like I said, there's not much I can do. You know, I serve as my community as best I can as a police officer. I do my best to be a good citizen and help those people around me because I can't control what Washington is doing. I can't control the IRS. You know, I can't control the FBI. The only thing I control is me. And the same thing with you all. The only thing you can control is you. Yeah, you can you can control your vote. But when your vote is going to the same swamp and putting the same swampy, shady ass politicians in the office that have been there their entire lives. What are we getting from it? How has the federal government made our lives better? Yeah, you know, like I say, yeah, there's things the federal government has done over the years that have been great. Like I say, we got rid of slavery. I don't know about y'all, but I'm really black and I'm really happy about that thing. Especially this past summer, bro. I would not want to be picking cotton in Louisville. My God, it'd be miserable. Anything, you know, I probably wouldn't have been in Louisville. I'd still be in Mississippi where my family from. And that humidity, who, who wants to pick cotton in Mississippi humidity? No, thank you. Man, I'm very glad to be in America. I'm proud to be an American citizen. I love my country to no end. But I will still say, I love my country, but I don't trust my government or the clowns running this circus right now. I just don't. And I don't have an answer for it. So since I don't have an answer for that, I just look to see what I can do at my lowest level in my small count, my little small corner here on the earth in Louisville, Kentucky, on the streets of Louisville. If I can just provide some good service, some good cheer, a little bit of positivity to those I come in contact with, I think I've done a good thing. And just like I was mentioning, all my partners that I work with every day. I know for a fact that me and my squad and all the other officers in Louisville across the country, we have more of an impact on our communities and on the country than the politicians do because we are there with them every day. These politicians, you know, they get their money, they go vote, you know, they go on their little hiatuses and enjoy their high class lives while the rest of us are stuck here working. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay. 
because I know my purpose and I know the purpose of my profession and the people I work with. And I will stick by that any day of the week. And I will put the product of what we've done for this country ahead of what any politician has done for this country. Because remember, politicians are only in power because we allow them to be. They say they help make decisions, but they don't make the change in the community like you and I can. Everything's about grassroots, man. Everything's about a foundation. And if you have a good foundation in your life and in your community, man, and the soil is rich, it will bring forth a bountiful harvest. I mean, and if you're planting good things into that soil, you're planting hope. If you're planting love, if you're planting kindness, respect and reasonableness, you will end up reaping all of that when you plant it and water it and take care of it and watch it grow. But if you are planting hate, despair, bitterness, anger, resentment, revenge, and you water that soil, don't be surprised when all your crops pop up and they're all bitter. And the people that you sell it to turn on you because you produced a horrible product. That's on you and nobody else. I said, we can't control our politicians, but we can control ourselves, people. And, you know, I know times are hard right now for everybody. Times are hard for me. It's we are all struggling together in this thing, man. And the thing is, we have to learn to put aside our differences, put the politics aside and just, you know, just be one people. And I say that it's so easy to say, but it's so hard to do because because everybody is just so ingrained on their side of the argument. Nobody wants to talk to anybody else. And it's the whole, you know, I got to stick with my own kind. And that is the worst attitude to have. Y'all saw that last week when I told y'all about the black Satanists, leftist, anarcho-communist guy that I reached out to to talk with and have a serious conversation. Nothing crazy, just a conversation. No finger pointing, no blaming, just trying to get understanding. And we can't even do that these days in this country. And when we're at that point, that's a dangerous point for us to be at. Because when people are no longer talking and communicating, that's because they're pulling further into their echo chambers and their sides and they're arming themselves up and getting ready to fight. And they're waiting for the other person to strike or they're planning on striking the other person. So we have to keep the conversation amongst ourselves going. Get out of your echo chamber, man. Go talk to somebody that's different than you. Talk to somebody who thinks different than you, who looks different than you. And like I said, put the phone down, man. Go out to your community. Talk to people. Get to know people. You'd be surprised that we have a lot more in common than we have a lot more that separates us. All right, people. Now that I'm done ranting about all of that, ranting, ranting y'all's ears off, I want to tell you all about this great 5013C organization that I became aware of and reached out to and this organization did something absolutely phenomenal and they do this for anybody that has been wounded in combat and the name of this organization is the Resource Exchange Association and what REACH does is they ship fully loaded toolboxes to post 9-11 combat veterans free of charge as an honor gift and so with this uh, organization Purple Heart recipients receive priority on their shipping list, but the mission is to ship toolboxes to every qualified veteran listed. Each toolbox is filled with up to $500 worth of quality hand tools. Ladies and gentlemen, I reached out to them. 
I filled out the application and I got my toolbox today. And let me tell you, it is absolutely amazing. I mean, this day and age, you got to think, man, tools are not cheap, especially in Biden's economy. Right. So, man, if there's an organization out there that is willing to reach out and help veterans by giving them a toolbox to say thank you for your service, why would you not use it? So personally, I reached out to this organization. And I told them, hey, thank you for the toolbox. How can I donate and how can I help you all in your mission? I wanted to donate some money to say thank you. And they told me no need for a donation. Just tell everybody about the organization and the program. And so that is why I'm doing this on my podcast right now. And so if you are a wounded veteran or a veteran in general, or you know somebody that is a wounded veteran, go to reainc.org. All right. And once you're there, click on the click on the drop down tab and then click on the toolbox sign up there. It'll take you to a questionnaire screen and you'll answer some questions. And then you'll also load into there your DD 214 or your uh, paper showing that you were awarded a purple heart. And once that's done, that's it. Send it off and they'll verify it. They'll send you an email stating that you are qualified to receive the toolbox. And then in a couple weeks, you get the toolbox in the mail, just like I did today. And like I said, man, this thing is freaking amazing. And if you can't find the link, I will be sure to put the link in the description of the episode for you so that you can go there and do that. Okay. Also, I told y'all before, I mean, I sit on the board of the Roy Williams Foundation. The Roy Williams Foundation exists to help veterans and first responders struggling with PTSD and suicide, suicidal thoughts. Man, the men and women that keep this country together that are there for you on your worst days. You know what? We need people on our worst days, too. We need help just like everybody else. We are not supermen. We are not robots. We are men. And we break down eventually. And sometimes it gets too much. And that is what has led to so much suicide in the veteran and first responder community. And the Roy Williams Foundation exists to help veterans and first responders fight that battle and fight that demon and win the war at home. So if you all could, like I say it's a 5013C. And the only way we can continue to operate is with donations and to try to help those that have helped us so much. So if you could, if you have any extra money, hey, and like I, say, I hate asking people for money. But I understand money make the world go round and these organizations can't operate or function without funding. So if you could, if you would like to help any veterans out, go visit the Roy Williams Foundation website and click on the donate button. And I will also put that link in the description for the episode as well. And lastly, my book is out. I am Pitt's Memoirs of an American Patriot. Ladies and gentlemen, I have gotten great reviews and I still continue to get good reviews. So do me a favor. If you could, if you're looking for something good to read, it's a great story about a young black man in America finding his way from the battlefields of Iraq to the streets of Louisville. Man, that sounds good, don't it? Well, that's because it is a good book. I said, I even had a New York Times bestselling author tell me that my book was amazing. That makes me feel good. So if you could go to iampits.com and place you an order for your copy. If you want, I can sign it for you. Drop me an email at iampits at yahoo.com and I'll tell you how to order a direct from me with a signed copy. All right. And if you could, if you do order from Amazon, please be sure to go and leave me a review on my Amazon page. Okay. For the book. All right. And lastly, if you could leave me a review for the show, I told you all on the last show, I'm still waiting for those angry Satanists on the far left to start dropping in on my page 
podcast page and dropping off these horrible reviews because my show is so oppressive and so far right and radical. That scumbag of an officer, that evil ass man that likes to beat up on brown people on the border and beat up black people in the streets in Louisville as they said about me <laughs> in the post I posted. So like I said, if you could, man, do me a favor, go on there and leave me a rating and review. That'd be great. And I would really appreciate it. But with that said, I'm going to get ready to cut it off for the day. It has been awesome being before you all. And I always enjoy getting on here, talking to you all, just giving you my perspective. And like I said, I get about 300, you know, downloads an episode. And I was talking to my buddy, Brian. I told him like, man, my podcast isn't growing. And it's only got 300 downloads. And he was like, dude, do you realize if you were in front of a room of 300 people speaking, how powerful that would be and how nerve wracking that would be? And I was like, you know what? That's very true. I never thought about that. And so just as always, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for giving me your time and your attention and to listen to me. Like I said, there are many people you can listen to out there. And I was telling my buddy the other day, there are two things in this world that are oversaturated right now. Podcast and energy drinks. My God, every time I go to the store, there's a new energy drink. I just can't keep up. I just can't do it no more. So I'm just sticking with, with, with what I know. And it's the same with podcasts. Every time, time I turn around, somebody got a new podcast and that's okay. That's all good. But let's remember, not all podcasts are created equal. Just like not all energy drinks are good because the one I just had the other day, the G Fuel was absolutely garbage. That is what the G and G Fuel stands for. Garbage fuel. Absolutely horrible. So it's oversaturated. But even though we're in an oversaturated podcasting market, like I say this is not my job. It's a hobby. So with you all giving me your time, I will say it again. I truly appreciate it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your fellow officers, tell everybody to tune in to the Iron Pits podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for being here with me today and I will see you on the next one.